Welcome to another episode of the Intersection Podcast coming to you from the Scheller College of Business at Georgia Tech. I'm your host, Leo Haig, and I'm a first year MBA full-time student here at Scheller. As we know, February in the US marks Black History Month, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Desmond Dickerson and Jonathan King, both of whom are leaders at Microsoft here in Atlanta, and both of whom have come through the Scheller Evening MBA programme. We're going to be reflecting today on the journey Atlanta has been on to become a city where black tech talent and minority-owned businesses are thriving, and importantly, what the future holds for Atlanta as one of the US's most dynamic and diverse cities. We're also going to be reflecting on Jonathan and Desmond's own experience of making a success of a career in technology here in Atlanta. So there's a huge amount of really interesting topics to cover today. But before we dive into that, Desmond and JK, could you tell us a little bit more about yourselves and your journey through Shella and on to Microsoft? Sure. So again, introducing myself, Jonathan King. Feel free to call me JK. I'm a second year evening MBA student here at Scheller. I started the program in fall of 2020 and looking forward to graduating at the end of May. In terms of, you know, my career progression. So, you know, I graduated from Georgia State University in undergrad. Then from there, I went on to pursue a career in product management through General Electric, stayed in the energy industry for about 10 years. And then in the fall of 2020, I transitioned to Microsoft as a principal product manager responsible for helping developers build audio and video communication experiences inside of their web and native applications using the same infrastructure that powers Microsoft Teams. Hey everybody, my name is Desmond Dickerson, also an alum here of Scheller College of Business, graduated in 2015. My route into the tech scene was a little circuitous, you know, so I studied business at Georgia State and, you know, worked in marketing for a couple of years, but specifically on the digital side of things, and that's kind of what led me into tech. So when I was getting my MBA here, I ended up getting recruited to work for a consulting company called Cognizant. So from there, it was a little bit of marketing still, but a lot of, like, digital transformation, working with retail brands and helping them to understand, like, you know, how to use new digital tools to do new ways of business. And then there was internal job posting for a think tank that we have called the Center for the Future of Work. And I was like, I have no idea what this is, but it sounds really cool. And I need to jump on it. So applied, ended up working there. And that was really, you know, how I got embedded into not just tech, but really like innovation overall. I've been working in that scene for a few years, recently moved over to Microsoft, where I'm director for Future of Work over there, and really just studying, analyzing, and then, uh, you know, establishing, like, thought leadership on what is the future of work and how can we build it and how can we make that uh, more efficient and easier for the folks that use our products. Well, thank you both for that introduction. I think it's fair to say you're both very well embedded in the technology scene in Atlanta, so really appreciate you guys taking time out of your no doubt very busy days at Microsoft to chat with us today. I think, to be honest, I've been in Atlanta a little bit less time than you guys, but I think you know one of the first things that struck me when I visited Atlanta when I was looking at where to go to business school here was that the tech scene is absolutely thriving mm-hmm. and it's also you know a city where diversity is, is thriving as well and I think you know one thing that's really stood out to me at the moment is you can take Airbnb as an example you know that company set a target of increasing their employment from underrepresented groups and their current levels of 12 percent to 20 percent you know to fulfill that mission I imagine Brian Chesky CEO of Airbnb was looking around the world thinking where can I recruit talent and where's a good base for Airbnb to make the next big investment and he could have gone anywhere in the world but he chose to be here and make that next big investment in Atlanta 
and you know this is now going to bring hundreds of jobs based around tech skills to the area and that office is going to be right here next to campus at georgia tech and he's joining the likes of microsoft where you guys are based but also amazon apple google who have all recently invested in the atlanta area and as i said it's a place you know where diversity within tech businesses and tech startup scene is really flourishing and there's obviously you know a very very rich history that sits beneath that you know atlanta is known as the cradle of the civil rights movement but i think you know it's probably fair to say it wasn't just a given that as a result of that history right. that black tech talent and minority-owned businesses would find success in atlanta so to kick us off desmond i, I wondered if you could just sort of set the scene a bit and talk about some of the key moments and, yeah. and decisions that that laid the foundations for modern day atlanta yeah yeah happy to jump in there you know this is black history month so it's, it's good to have those tidbits so as you were saying like this is the cradle of the civil rights movement uh, you know all across the american south but specifically here in atlanta with folks like john lewis and mlk and uh, and andrew young and so what happened was from a policy standpoint maynard jackson who became the first black mayor of atlanta he set forth a policy. It's like any sort of government contract within the city, a certain percent has to be allocated to you know women-owned businesses and minority-owned businesses. And that was like the inflection point, the key turning point that really turned up the dial on black businesses here in Atlanta and just allowed them to thrive and really, you know, just open up doors for so many folks. Like Herman J. Russell, who's based here and run and used to run, he's passed now, used to run like the most valuable construction company owned by a black person in the country. And it's like those types of policies that led to that. And you just see like the reverberating effects, you know, throughout today from Maynard Jackson to then, you know, Andrew Young continuing that policy. And then even our current mayor, Andre Dickens, you know, he is like, you know, looking to bring the tech side of things and the business side of things and culture and just making sure everything, you know, grows in an equitable fashion. Well, absolutely. And if you fast forward to today, you know, Atlanta has become a real shining light for the tech industry when it comes to hiring black tech talent and diverse tech talent. Desmond, I've been reading some of your own kind of research in this area, and you've made the point in the past that Silicon Valley has a 6.4% rate of participation for underrepresented minorities in its tech workforce. But if you come here to Atlanta, the city boasts a rate of more than 25%. And it seems that that talent pool here in Atlanta is actually a major draw for big international tech firms to locate here and recruit talent here. So Desmond, what would you say are the kind of the special ingredients that are making Atlanta so attractive to these companies? Uh, the special ingredient, that's a good question. I think there's a couple of different things that, that all come together. So at the base level, there's the talent. You have the Atlanta University Center, which is a consortium of historically black colleges and universities. You've got Georgia Tech, uh, you know, and then all the brilliant folks that are coming out of here and then other schools. And then you've got Georgia State, which is, you know, mine and John's alma mater. Although it is not an HBCU, Georgia State graduates the most black students of any college in the country. So I think when you start there and then you have this like kind of ingrained, you know, black business success, black business leadership that's there as well, that's kind of leading into the tech sector. And then one of the things that we have that I think is different from a Silicon Valley or Boston or some of these other places where there's a lot of tech activity is like the cultural side comes in as well. You know, so like there's a company called Rody that does like in-town deliveries. It was a startup that was based here 
And one of their biggest investors was Chris Bridges, or Ludacris, as most folks know him, actor, rapper, all of that. So you've got that kind of thing where he's like doing commercials, he's investing in the company, and so you have like the cultural side of things and all the money from the entertainment businesses, and those folks are like, hey, let's throw this into tech. And I think that's just like what sets this place apart a little bit. Yeah, and I think, you know, a couple of things, you know, to kind of add on to that in regards to the investment that's coming into Atlanta, right? When you think about, you know, even if you look at Scheller and what we're doing for, you know, our Atlanta technology, Development Center, you have a tech square that's right across the street. You have notable alumni such as Dr. Paul Judge, right, mm-hmm. who received his PhD from Georgia Tech. And, you know, he started a $300 million venture investment fund called Panoramic Ventures and primarily investing in underrepresented minorities. And so, you know, I really credit, you know, leaders like Dr. Paul Judge, other leaders, as well as a uh, company leadership, you know, since the, some of the events that happened mm-hmm. in 2020, you know, a lot of companies kind of target looking in internally looks saying, okay, what can we do to really make a difference? And Atlanta obviously became that shining light, right? It is the epicenter where you're getting the innovation. You're yep. getting one of the most diverse populations and cultures and people that are really looking to make change. And all of that, you know, comes back to what Desmond said, you know, this was the birthplace of civil rights. And so we have that change mindset that I think is, you know, kind of all of those special ingredients is really, you know, pushing Atlanta forward in terms of, you know, representing diverse individuals within the industry. So you you mentioned the VC aspect of things, which I think is really important, and then kind of the cultural side of things. So you were telling me before about this, like, the ownership economy, the creator economy. How do you think that that's going to come together in a place like this, right, where you have all these musicians, all of this, like, activity in, like, film and video, and then there's, like, kind of this booming tech sector as well? What do you think that, like, the ownership economy, how that intersects? Yeah, no, really great question. You know, so one of the things I'm very passionate about is looking at, you know, the emerging uh, technology sectors, specifically around Web3, you know, crypto, decentralized finance, et cetera. And so we're starting to see this transition from a creators who, you know, rather than going to some of these large social media platforms, they're starting to seek direct monetization from their fans, right? But, and that can be by way of selling, you know, music copyrights as NFT tees, for example. And so, you know, I certainly think given the music scene here in Atlanta and the creative scene, you know, media and entertainment, that also we're going to be at the forefront of really taking advantage of, you know, like the Web3 technologies that are emerging and kind of creating these new economies that will appeal to creators. And Desmond, I know that you've, you know, looked at cities around the world Mm -hmm. on these things. And I think that was a really, really good point that you make is, you know, there's something very exciting about the technology kind of economy here that underpins all that the kind of the core digital skills that are developed at places like georgia tech or you know the atlanta university center but that whole kind of creative scene around it does actually really really differentiate the city you know there's many different angles that you can come at and jk i know that you're not just a product manager at microsoft right you're also kind of involved in the vc scene as well so you know there's obviously so many opportunities and different ways that you can pull on here in atlanta it's not just established tech companies there's a whole really really rich startup scene to tap into as well yeah absolutely very rich i think you know and that was probably one of my primary reasons for attending sheller and getting my mba through sheller is because of the connections into the technology ecosystem especially when you think about like the startup ecosystem 
doing programs offered by the MBA program, such as Tiger, right? You know, where you're kind of learning the ins and outs and the mindset of what it takes to build a company and be an entrepreneur. And so, you know, my why for an MBA was to kind of take all of the learnings that I have gathered as a product manager, augmenting that with the skills that I've now gained through the Scheller MBA program and, you know, practicum such as Tiger and be able to help underrepresented minority founders as well as female founders get the assets and resources that they need to be successful. And so, you know, I love, you know, being in Atlanta and, you know, just really tapping into the overall ecosystem, right? And love seeing, you know, a plethora of, you know, venture funds that are putting a huge stake in the ground. You have Collab Capital that's managed by Jewel Burke, for example, $50 million fund specifically targeting black founders. And so, you know, just seeing like, you know, those type of headlines come into play. And don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of work to do in the VC space, right? Like the investment for underrepresented minorities is still less than 1% globally. So there's still a lot of work to do. But I think the appetite here in Atlanta is a lot higher to make that actual change. And so I'm, I'm certainly excited to be a part of it. So tell me in terms of excitement, like what startup what founder like what what's got you most excited right now is there like a business you're looking at like oh they could be a game changer well i think you know one to talk about i guess you know let's talk about like a unicorn that we have right now right so canonly for example right is founded by um, black founders and so i think 2022 is the year that we start seeing more black unicorns come into the play right because now again this diverse investment it's not you know people now venture funds are not only just doing this because of the sake of let's have better marketing but no the data is actually proving when you tap into diversity performance is actually better for some of these startups so you know obviously Calendly coming out of the Atlanta area a lot of people are excited about that and their their growth path and and trajectory and I think that there's plethora of startups um, that I've been, and founders that I've been able to engage with that I think are doing some really cool and exciting things here within Atlanta itself. Yeah, I'm digging music book. They're relatively small, but like mm-hmm. I just love music. So it's like a platform to connect like people that are trying to learn music with instructors and especially now in the midst of like the pandemic and folks might want to do it remote and all that. So they're kind of building out tools for that. So shout out to Demarcus Davis building mm-hmm. that out. And then not a black owned company, but woman owned, minority owned, We Are Rosie, which is building out a platform for hiring creative talent, whether it's marketing, whether it's project management, whatever it is. And they are like really of the moment as well, mm-hmm. like very much working in this space where they're like connecting folks remotely with business opportunities, you know, just giving folks the flexibility that everyone's talking about now. And even just some of their policies where it's like, I was, I was talking to the founder, Stephanie, and she was like, every quarter, right, folks are required to take at least five days off. Like, so just already kind of building in these policies and thinking like, forward thinking of like how do we avoid burnout okay what if instead of a max day of vacation like you have a minimum you have to take so i think you know those are just the types of things that are happening here in atlanta where you've got you know different perspectives and different folks that are like coming into into business leadership opportunities and able to just do different things and I think, you know, I don't want to piggyback off of that, Desmond, especially, and maybe I'm dabbling a little bit into your area as it relates to the future <laughs> of work, right? I think one of the things that's appealing is now, you know, jobs that we're applying for, just about, you know, majority of them are supporting remote workers, yeah. right? And so now you kind of have this divergence of tech outside of the West Coast in the Silicon Valley area mm-hmm. to now these companies can take advantage of a diverse ecosystem like Atlanta, yeah. right? And really tap into whether 
Augusta Scheller MBA community, tap into the overall AUC and other, you know, underrepresented minority and, you know, black talent. Yeah. And so I think that that is something that has really changed, right? I think that's a silver lining out of, you know, what we've been going through over these past two years mm-hmm. is just really embracing this future of work, not making, you know, location such a restriction yeah. to be able to enter these kind of high value tech jobs. So yeah. I think I really, that's one thing I really appreciate over the last two years. I think that's just going to like build momentum within mm-hmm. Atlanta now. So it's like if you were living in Silicon Valley before you were living in Boston, or these other places, oh, I have to be here for my job. Now it's I can do this remote. I want to go to Atlanta where like culturally I feel at home, culturally I feel comfortable. So I feel like there's going to be more and more talent coming here just for those outside of work opportunities since work can be done wherever and then that's just going to lead to more folks like oh they're running into the jonathan kings of the world like oh how do i get plugged in to the community here you know finding venture funding and then you know launching new things well i think you guys have given us some great tips as there's i've got three or four companies that you know that i'm looking at now here with them for the next kind of big thing and you know maybe some people listening to this podcast might be trying to get in on that and trying to invest as well but you know i know we've talked already a lot about the success of atlanta as a whole and the role of the black community and minority owned businesses in driving this and creating such energy here in atlanta but I wanted to ask you both now to reflect a little bit on your own success. And, you know, you both work for one of the most sought after companies to work for in the world. They're not just in the technology sector, frankly, but out of any sector, people want to go to Microsoft. And, you know, you're doing jobs with a lot of responsibility and really shaping the products and, and the future of Microsoft within that. Mm-hmm. And you both also have a Georgia Tech MBA background. Desmond, obviously, you've been through the program and graduated. Yeah. JK, you're right on the cusp. You're in the final sprint. Yes. You'll be done and dusted in May. So I just want to... <laughs> Yeah, he's nearly there. JK's a lot further on than me. You know, he's blazing the trail and I've just got to kind of try to keep up with him. But, you know, I, I kind of wanted to reflect a, a bit on you guys who specifically benefited from being um, based here in Atlanta and the opportunities on offer here. Because, JK, am I right in thinking, you know, you, you haven't just worked in Atlanta, right? You've held around a bit and back here now. So, you know, coming back to Atlanta, you know, how has the city provided you with a platform for success? Yeah, sure. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting because I have to say, so I'm born and raised in New Orleans. I'm a diehard New Orleans Saints fan. And, here we you go. know, I know this one's going <laughs> to laugh at that one. But, yeah, my family and I, we relocated to Atlanta after Hurricane Katrina. And like I mentioned, you know, went to Georgia State University for undergrad. And so my first, you know, career job in product management was based here in Atlanta at General Electric. I then, you know, moved around for about two to three years across the East Coast, went out to Houston for a period of time, which I think Houston is just a a larger, more spread out Atlanta, but, you know, kind of similar and diverse ecosystem. But for me, all roads have always led back to Atlanta, right? And it was, you know, all weather, you know, I was trying to pursue my MBA. I always knew I wanted to go get my MBA and Scheller was always at the top of the list for those reasons that I mentioned earlier. And so, you know, kind of coming back into the Atlanta ecosystem, I mean, very quickly, right? I'll tell you like my journey into Microsoft. So I actually interviewed for Microsoft um, just prior to starting the MBA program. And, you know, I went through the interview process and, you know, I was offer eligible. The role, unfortunately, I was applying for was no longer available. And so, you know, in about two weeks, I started the program. I had a meeting with my career advisor, which uh, Larry Faskowitz. Larry then connected me with another MBA alum. 
Horace Mackey, who's also a Tiger alum, and he works at, at Microsoft. And so through yeah, those connections, yeah, Horace graduated yeah. with Desmond. Yeah. And so through that connection, you know, Horace introduced me to another black gentleman who was a partner at Microsoft. And so I was able to, through that network, was able to join the company. And so again, tapping into the elements of networking, of reaching out, I think, you know, since I've joined Microsoft, I've been able to refer and bring on other black talent yeah. uh, into the company. And I think that's a responsibility I always put on my shoulders, right? Because, you know, one of the things I learned early on in my career is like when that door is open for you, mm-hmm. right, reach back and grab someone else, right? And it's very important for me to reach back into my community and be able to kind of represent uh, these opportunities to other people that look like myself. Yeah. A big part of my journey comes through Georgia Tech, absolutely. You know, having worked in marketing and then looking to transition into whether it was consulting or just like a high level business strategy role. You know, honestly, I had some doubts, a little imposter syndrome. I remember going into the office of career services. It was a gentleman that doesn't work here anymore, but he was like my career advisor at the time. And I was like, hey, I'm competing with folks at like Stanford and Harvard for all these. I'm like, what am I going to do? And he was just like, yeah, you are. But like, you went to Georgia Tech, you're good. You've been trained in, you know, the technical aspect of things, the business side of things, you've been exposed. Like these things are right across the street from your school. Like you're right in there, you're shoulder to shoulder with business leaders. Really, it was just that pep talk. It gave me that confidence to know I am standing toe to toe with everyone else that's out there. Like the the education that's here, the opportunities that are here are absolutely top tier, you know, in in reference to whoever else or what other schools uh, you would compare us to. And then from there, just that confidence, getting out into the workforce and folks saying, oh, you went to Georgia Tech, okay, you must be a rocket science. I know you figure this out. I did not study engineering. That's all right. They don't need to know that. (laughs) So that, to me, has been like a big part of my journey and and just how I've just been able to move forward with with that confidence and understanding. There was like a couple years ago, there was like this viral thing where this this kid was like, yeah, Georgia Tech, like, we can do that. We can build that. And it was silly. It was funny, but it's kind of like stuck with me, you know. So as I'm looking to like chart a path forward with the future of work and really help, you know, companies or individuals navigate like whatever that's going to be i just have that confidence to know like we're innovators here we're engineers we build things that's what we do and i think you know you both touched there on the importance of just you know networking making sure that you're kind of you know always alert to opportunities to mm-hmm. to meet new people and keep up that network and and that's really going to help you know your resume stand out right if a hiring manager is getting 500 resumes if not more at Microsoft in particular I imagine you know having that kind of internal referral is always so important and that's something that you know Jacob we've got the same career advisor Larry who's you know a great guy and something that he's always really told me about is like you kind of have to go out there and do that and that's one of the the huge huge benefits I think of being at at Georgia Tech is you do just get that exposure to such a brilliant network particularly in the technology scene but also in, in lots of other sectors as well but once you get into a company and get a job you know the story's not over you know you guys have both progressed brilliantly well in your careers and you know you're managing products you know you're leading divisions but you know I I think if I look at my own experience you know it's always really helpful to have someone who's 
just kind of helping guiding you on that journey and constantly advising you and helping you progress once you get that dream job so I wondered if you guys have got kind of like a good mentoring story you know someone that maybe has helped you keep your career moving forward once you've got that kind of dream job yeah so good mentoring story Desmond <laughs> Desmond <laughs> is my mentor <laughs> um, yeah so you know like I said Desmond and I we met at Georgia State University we both are members of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated and you know there's never been big decision in my life that I've made that this man has not been a part of right like he stood next to me on my wedding day and and vice versa and so it's always you know to me I always love to seek guidance and perspective because yeah. there's so many things that I do not know. But, you know, I'm very curious and I'm very eager to learn. And so mentorship is all about nurturing those relationships, right? And it's not just a take thing, right? It's a give thing, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's, you know, how can I help you grow? How do I need to help you think about things differently as well? And so, you know, I'm happy to have had Desmond as a mentor for these, what, last 11, maybe 12 years, gone on 12 years. Lose count, man. <laughs> right. Right, right. Losing count. One of my Microsoft mentors, Dr. Kevin Carter, who's a partner product manager at Microsoft. I had dinner with him last night, him and his wife and my wife. And again, you know, just kind of nurturing those relationships has always been important, right? And you need to make, you know, critical decisions, you know, reach out to someone, talk to someone, right? Establish um, those relationships and, you know, kind of leverage that perspective to your advantage going forward. Yeah, I'm going to pivot a little bit from that. While mentorship is very important and very valuable, I'm very grateful for like just an entire circle of friends. And it's a lesson I learned from my dad. He was like, you know, after graduating, he got his MBA from Wake Forest. Like after graduating, getting my MBA, I kind of built this group of folks that I call my board of directors that I run mm-hmm. my decisions by. So I look at it like that. It's like, whether it's Jonathan, frankly, a lot of other folks from Scheller that I've met, men and women, and it's like, hey guys, I'm thinking about this. Mm-hmm. What y'all think? Or like, hey, I'm struggling with this. What do you guys think about that? And it's just so helpful to have, in some ways they're peers, but some of them are, you know, could be 10 years further than me and some are younger than me in their career. And it's good to have that range of perspectives. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're saying, you're giving back. Like you're not just like take, take, take from, from one source or from one mentor, but you know, when you have that collection of that board of directors you're all like helping one another along the journey and everyone's able to share their uh, diverse perspectives their lessons learned pain points the challenges all that and we all just grow together that's community and the one thing i will add you know in terms of you know for current students or you know alums you know looking for mentors that's why networking is so important like i like to consider myself as a hyper networker right i never i rarely ever turned out a meeting if someone wants to connect with me you know someone sends me a message on linkedin i'm even if i'm not interested i'm you know i'm always responsive because you know i love connecting with people i love being able to connect the dots and maybe, you know, someone I met, maybe that relationship will manifest sometime down the line, for example. And so I think the element of networking and not being afraid, like what's the worst that someone can tell you? No, they don't want to meet with you. Okay, move on to the next person, right? So get over that fear of, you know, just kind of meeting new people and, you know, kind of actually you taking your own career into your own hands and being an owner of your own career and seeking out those mentors plus sponsors, that collective group of board of directors that's going to help you achieve your goals and motivate you and push you along the way. I think, you know, I was thinking about, you know, what is the role of the Institute in ensuring that there is, you know, lots of diversity going out into the workforce in in Atlanta and beyond. And I think you guys have touched on 
yeah, a really, really important point there is, yes, the Institute has a role in making sure that when people are applying to Georgia Tech, you know, those opportunities are as broad as possible and you know, people get in the skills that they need to be successful. But I think what stands Georgia Tech apart is it's not just that, though. Like, having the skills is one thing, but there is such a culture here of people helping each other, yes. right? You are a Georgia Tech alum, so you're going to get out into the workforce and you'll have somebody, maybe, you know, you, you might have left Georgia Tech 10 years ago, but if someone reaches out to you and says, hey, I want advice or yep. you know, I'm looking at this job, Absolutely. you know, that there will be people that help you. And that's something that I've experienced just being here, you know, six months, but you guys, you know, have, have clearly experienced that as well. Um, and I think it's such a differentiator because it's so hard to create that, you know, if, it, if it's not there, but it is at Georgia Tech. And it's just something that I think just kind of, it's not just at Shadow, it kind of permeates through the whole university. Because, yeah. you know, you mentioned J.K. Paul Judge earlier, who is not just a Georgia Tech alum, but is a Morehouse College alum as well. Yeah, but, definitely. you know, he didn't do an MBA, but he did a PhD here yeah. and he's still out there helping yeah. you know, Georgia Tech. Grad- I think he just did a commencement. Was it this yeah, year? Yeah, I want to say it was year? last year. He did yeah, last yeah. year's commencement, correct. But yeah, it is. It's such a kind of special atmosphere and, and wider ecosystem here that yeah, it's something that I've been really grateful to experience. But yeah. one thing as well that yeah, I real quick, Paul Judge story. Uh, I'm leaving graduation, right? I still I have my like gown on my cap, everything, and I'm leaving. And then I'm like walking past Scheller, and his office used to be like right behind Scheller, and he just like rides by on a hoverboard, and it's just the most like futuristic. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and I was just like, hey man, hey. Hey, yeah, I know you're Paul Judge. Like, I introduced myself real quick. I was like, as you can see, I just graduated with my MBA from Georgia Tech. I'd love to connect with you and maybe, like, intern or work or something like that. And, yeah, I ended up doing other stuff. But it was just, like, those are the moments that just naturally happen, you know, when you're here. Like, just off the strength of the location. There's all these innovative folks and companies, like, right around here. And, like, you just see that. And Leo, I want to touch on something you said, right, in terms of, you know, this culture of networking and helping each other out. I think another thing that, you know, really pulled me into Scheller for my MBA program was even as a prospective student, mm-hmm. when I reached out to either current students or alums, they were so responsive. They were so engaging. They followed up with me saying, okay, do you need any help with your application, right? Please apply to the program. Yep. Let me know how I can help you. So even as a, you know, prospective student, so just have that pull in this culture of just helping each other out i think is absolutely phenomenal one of the best things that i've you know been a part of uh, during my time here at Scheller. yeah absolutely and i think you know you've you've both done such a great job of talking about what a success story atlanta has been in recent years the energy and excitement here the role of georgia tech in in driving that so there is definitely so much to be proud of and i think so much to be excited for the future I did they want to touch on one thing that you mentioned, JK, which is, you know, frankly, there's a lot of great things happening, but there's a lot more work to do as well. Yeah, there still are some challenges here to ensure that everyone has equal access to the opportunities on offering Atlanta. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, you know, looking ahead to the next few years. Where do you think Atlanta needs to improve, you know, to ensure that opportunities are as you know, spread through the city as possible? You know, are there any particular initiatives or things that you'd like to see um, done differently as, as we look to the future? Yeah, there's a, a few things. The traffic, of course, everyone needs to traffic. <laughs> so if we could get like some comprehensive mass transit, that will really transform the place. But in terms of the conversation we're having today, in terms of tech and business and, and those types of outcomes, fortunately, Atlanta is the income inequality capital of the country. We have the widest gap between the haves and the have-nots. So I think as Airbnb, Google, Microsoft, 
Amazon, whoever, as these companies are coming into Atlanta, I think it's very important that leadership, whether at the mayor level or like just leaders within the companies, we need to ensure that the folks that have previously been left behind, that they get opportunities. And maybe that's, you know, reskilling or new training opportunities that's like got a particular focus on Atlanta population here to make sure that folks that are coming from low income environments are able to get these new tech jobs and all of this new money coming into the city gets spread around to everyone. And, you know, of course, the VC scene, just making sure that, that that's getting a range of folks that are getting involved there. John knows a lot more about that and some of the solutions there. But I think just really addressing income inequality and giving opportunities to everyone is, is the biggest challenge that we're facing right now. Yeah, I think, you know, really good point. You know, I think the digital upskilling programs are very important, right? Microsoft has announced an initiative um, to other companies like Apple as well. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things, you know, I was most proud of when I first joined Microsoft, you think about the Atlanta office that they're building in Atlantic Station. It's going to be a 1,600-person engineering office. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had the pleasure to talk with our global vice president of Microsoft Real Estate. And, you know, one of the things that he said, you know, coming into Atlanta, how they thought about building that office, you know, he mandated that 50% of the contractors have to be underrepresented minorities. And so to see, you know, large companies in the tech scene, I think one of the things that's going to be a big push is, you know, them taking a stance, right? Them taking a side and, you know, saying, hey, these things are not right. We recognize the inequality that is going on. What can we do to improve, right? And I think even at the university level, right, you know, Georgia Tech does a phenomenal job by having different clubs and organizations, whether that's blacks in business. We also have our women in business groups. You know, how can we promote those organizations even more to prospective students, to current students to to get involved and really, you know, kind of push this agenda of creating a more diverse and equitable environment for all. And so, you know, I think obviously it's us as individuals or me and Desmond working at Microsoft trying to mentor and coach and bring others that look like ourselves into the company that plays a part in it too. But I think, you know, there's things at the university level that we can certainly do and continue to do. And then as these larger companies, you know, think about, you know, coming into Atlanta, how do we also tap into the local community and kind of bring them on board to the vision? I think, well, as you said, you know, there's so much has been achieved here and, you know, there's certainly still work to do. But as we look to the future, there is definitely much to be excited about. So before we wrap up, guys, I wanted to close by asking you both, you know, what are you guys most excited about as Atlanta's tech scene and the, the black community and the minority and business startup continue to go from, from strength to strength here? That is a really great question. I think what I'm most excited about, I mean, you know, again, working for Microsoft and seeing, you know, not only do we have the 1600 person office, we also bought a, you know, 95, 90 plus acres of land yeah. in the middle quarry yards. Yeah. And so, you know, it, ultimately in the next, you know, kind of three to five years, I imagine, you know, Microsoft have 10,000 plus employees here. And so, you know, just kind of, you know, making that investment in Atlanta. So that's something to be excited about. But how such a move like that has also encouraged these other tech players to come into this space. Right. So you have Airbnb, you have Google, Amazon, Apple with some small presence here. And so I'm just excited about the growth for our tech scene. I'm excited to see how that tech scene will evolve to be more diverse over time, uh, whether that's through like, you know, working for these large players or through the startup and the VC ecosystem. You're seeing, you know, more dedicated underrepresented minority funds that are spinning up to invest in founders. And you're also seeing, you know, individuals choosing to be limited 
partners and investing into those funds and trying to increase the diversity there. And so, you know, I just am very, very excited about just the future of the tech scene in Atlanta and, you know, just the Southeast in, in general, but, you know, Atlanta being the lead for this kind of burgeoning tech scene. Here's what I'm most excited about. I touched on this a little bit earlier, but you've got the tech players, the major tech players, and you've got these like cultural icons, whether they're, you know, rappers, athletes, musicians, or whatever. And I'm just excited about the intermingling of that you know students young people particularly young young black people can see that and see that there's so many other ways to make a living so many other ways to like really thrive you know they can see themselves as like the next tech expert or the next paul judge or jewel Burk solomon as you referenced earlier amanda sabria you know there's just so many like founders here and i'm excited for children young people to see that and just start to imagine themselves in those roles because they you know it's really hard to step into that type of role and to be like a tech leader if you haven't envisioned yourself or envisioned someone like you doing it so just more representation more leadership and, and young folks seeing that and following those paths well, you guys have got me pretty fired up now, so I think it's been a good time for me to move to Atlanta. And, you know, there's, there you go. Yeah, there you go. there's so much to look forward well, to. That's, I got a question for you now. You know, as an outsider, you know, what is it that's exciting you about this scene, and what is it that really just drew you here? Yeah, I think basically, be just kind of touching on all the points that, that you guys have mentioned. To be honest, I think you know, as someone not from the United States and someone who's moved away from the United Kingdom for the first time. Atlanta really stood out to me as somewhere where uh, just a lot of excitement and energy and things were happening. It's a growing city. It's an extremely welcoming city. And I think the special kind of source to me was Georgia Tech being literally physically, but also kind of, you know, intellectually, culturally right at the heart of all that. You know, the location of Georgia Tech here, Tech Square in Midtown, Mm -hmm. with literally all these fantastic companies on your doorstep, an ecosystem that will basically help you network and, you know, go into that, whether it's literally just for your own curiosity or learning, or if it's whether you want to network there to find employment opportunities. There was frankly nowhere really else that I could see in the US that offered all those different things together. It's still, you know, an, an affordable place to live. There's lots of interesting things to do outside of the work. So all those things together, you know, the music scene, you know, the professional sports that are here, the technology investment and Georgia Tech's role at the heart of all that is basically what stood out to me. So Georgia Tech was absolutely my top choice for when I was looking to come do an MBA in the United States. And, you know, I feel extremely grateful to be here and and part of that community. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to Atlanta. Well, thank you, guys. And I wanted to thank you so much, Bay, for taking the time to do this. You know, as someone who has only moved to Atlanta in in the past six months, I personally have, you know, learned a huge deal from this conversation. I know those looking to come to Georgia Tech and, you know, those more widely who are looking to forge ahead in the wider tech scene here will have learned a great deal from this as well, from the experiences and the thoughts that you shared. So a big thank you to you both. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, No problem. And I look forward to bringing you our next Intersection podcast where we'll be looking ahead to our marketing innovation conference here at Georgia Tech, which will be taking place in March. And we'll have some great speakers for that. And a big thank you once again to JK and Desmond for your time today.